Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Faith and Family. And today we have a special episode for Thanksgiving entitled, A Thanksgiving Reflection, The Quest for Christian America. I think Thanksgiving is a wonderful time of the year. It's a great time as well to reflect on our country. I believe our country is the best country on earth. We're not perfect, and some people point out minor perfections in a way to kind of blow up negative views of our entire country. And, you know, I'm just thinking at this time of the year, our country, for most of us, is blessed with abundance. That's what the Thanksgiving dinner is all about. Now, I do recognize there are hungry people in our country and the numbers are growing, but yet I remember earlier this year seeing a YouTube video in the Socialist Republic of Venezuela, some starving people taking sticks and beating a cow to death to rip off meat to try to stay alive. We, we should be very thankful for the abundance that we have in our country. Now, I view my job as a Christian broadcaster is rather simple, to speak truth, and I'm required to do that even if it's something that good folks aren't eager to hear. As a Catholic broadcaster, I don't see my purpose to achieve ratings by any means necessary, but I will be judged by God for how well I speak the truth, and it's a solemn responsibility, one I certainly don't do perfectly, but I attempt to do. And hence, when we talk on this Thanksgiving reflection, the quest for Christian America, I need to make a statement that perhaps we all need to be reminded of, and here it is. Politics, particularly at this point in our national history, is essential as a stopgap to keep our country from self-destructing. Yet, and hear this carefully, politics cannot by itself bring about a Christian America or even maintain a Christian America. For the long-term survival of our country, and I'm saying survival of our country, a comprehensive Catholic renewal and evangelism is necessary. And this broadcast too is designed to explain why. But let's go back. The first Thanksgiving was up in New England after the fall harvest in 1621. He just back up a year before that. And the pilgrims land at Plymouth Rock in December of 1620. And my seminary was in New England, not that far from Plymouth Rock. Uh, I was, at the time, a Calvinist and quite enthused with actually the early Puritan theology and how that later developed into an evangelical viewpoint that was combined with Enlightenment philosophy that was had an outsized influence 
on the founding of our nation and its founding documents. Now, some Catholics have written me and said, you know, I believe, you know, after the Bible, the Constitution of the United States is the greatest thing. And again, I believe we do have a very great country, but you should know that our country at its founding was such a strong, and it was a strong influence by Calvinistic Protestants, later of a more evangelical brand of Protestants, but nonetheless, it was what I would term an ABC government. Now, what's an ABC government? It's anything but Catholic. Uh, You could have any form of government in the United States, but it certainly didn't want a government like what happened during Christendom in Europe. During Christendom, the church and the state uh, weren't separated in any way, but there was one church from which the cooperation in the civil sphere kind of influenced all of life, including laws and a number of other things, the things that very often we want to achieve here in the United States at this point in history through politics. Now, hear this. Without the ecclesiastical and cultural unity provided by the Catholic faith, in other words, this is what what did go on in Europe, but it's anything but Catholic form of government in the United States, if you don't have the Catholic Church, there will inevitably be divisions. And I've mentioned this before, but this is the way a state, a culture, a nation exists. You first have the cult. And by cult, I don't mean Jehovah's Witness or Moonies or something like that. The cult is the religious and moral framework of a country. That's very technically called the cult. And then from the cult, you have its outgrowth called culture. And culture grows out of cult. And as a result of cult and then culture, you have politics. And very often, what we want to do is kind of reverse that and through politics, create a culture in which as Christians, we can live and thrive. But if you don't have the Catholic faith, okay, in other words, you have an anything but Catholic environment. I'm not saying that in America you can't have Catholics. I'm talking about at its core, our government recognizing the Catholic faith. I know it's preposterous. It's never been done here. Well, actually, i kind of modify that slightly. But in the current state, as we know, the United States of America, it hasn't been done. And if you don't have the Catholic faith, you're going to have divisions. And, you know, you look back at the 2020 elections, for a long time, it will serve as a radical example of a divided country, almost right down the middle. Now, you say, okay, well, a little difference here and there is, is, is great. Well, maybe a little difference here and there is great. But listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 12. Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste. No city or house divided against itself will stand. And it's really serious 
when you have different cultural philosophies, opinions, and politics, and religious views or anti-religious views trying to influence a nation, you're going to have a divided nation. And in the long run, according to Jesus, it simply will not stand. Now, we started with Plymouth Rock in 1620 and the first Thanksgiving in 1621 up in New England, but let's go south for a moment to St. Augustine, Florida. Now, just a P.S., uh, if you're a church historian or a scholar, you generally say St. Augustine. But if you live in Florida, it's St. Augustine. I'm just it's kind of like if you play Monopoly, it's the Reading Railroad, but if you're from Pennsylvania, you say the Reading Railroad, just the way it is. Okay, St. Augustine, Florida. 55 years before Plymouth Rock, on September 8th, 1565, a Marian feast, the town of what now is St. Augustine, Florida, was first sighted. Uh, it was a few days earlier on the Feast of St. Augustine, but as the Spanish came ashore with a priest, they landed and celebrated the first Mass in America. And in many ways, you would say this is actually the founding of America because you can't found something uh, 55 years later and call it the founding. I'm talking about Plymouth Rock. This coming ashore, planting the flag, bringing forth the cross, and the as the Catholics came ashore, they knelt at the cross. Native Americans came, said, who are these people and what are they doing? They knelt in reverence as well and observed the first Mass in the United States. And during that Mass, of course, what do you have is the Eucharist. And what is the Eucharist? The Eucharist comes from a Greek word, Eucharisto. It simply means to give thanks. This is the first Thanksgiving in America, and this is bringing the Catholic faith on a Marian feast to what is now the United States of America. But it happened that there were multiple battles, both from the British and the early Americans against St. Augustine, Florida, that put an end at that point in history for the best hopes for a Catholic America. Okay? Now, let's fast forward to the modern era. And I asked a question, and this is a question that should really be asked. What should be the Catholic goal for America? you know, kind of a neutral public square where just everybody's tolerated. Just give us religious freedom so we can do our thing, you can do your thing, whatever. Is that going to really work in the long run, or will one side want be basically become the dominant influence and perhaps even require the other side to toe the line for whatever that is? I don't think that kind of um, neutrality would be a very good long-term solution. I would suggest the long-term goal for America was expressed by Pope Pius XI in 1925 in his encyclical entitled Quas Primus, 
or on the feast of Christ the King. And this encyclical, Quas Primus, or the Feast of Christ the King, I term the forgotten encyclical, because for all the political talk that goes on amongst Catholics, so often this one is ignored. And to their credit, the EWTN website lists this encyclical for free download. And at this point, uh, the Feast of Christ the King, established by this encyclical, is usually right around the Thanksgiving time of the year as well. And here's what Pope Pius XI says, and this is standard Catholic doctrine that has kind of gone into eclipse in the 20th and 21st century. But listen, his empire includes not only Catholic nations, truly the whole of mankind is subject to the power of Jesus Christ. Nor is there any difference in this matter between the individual and the family or the state. For all men, whether collectively or individually, are under the dominion of Christ. Now, what this is saying is that you just can't say, give me my religious freedom to go to church and do whatever I want to do as an individual. No, this is saying if Jesus Christ is Lord, he is Lord over everything, individuals, families, and nations. And if that is the basic truth, since the ascension of Jesus Christ after he rose from the dead, of influencing the Western world. Now, I realize this notion has gone into eclipse in the modern world, but Jesus, the Catholic goal, the Catholic ideal, the Catholic doctrine is that Jesus Christ needs to be formally, explicitly, and legally recognized in our foundational legal documents as king of our country. Now, let me, I'm going to read you another uh, two sentences from Quas Primus, but first I'm going to interject something that almost every school child is uh, required to at least read in the America. I don't, I don't know if they're still requiring it to be memorized, but the Gettysburg Address by Abraham Lincoln on November 19, 1863. And he said that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that the government of the people, by the people, for the people shall not perish from the earth. Now, you hear of the people, by the people, and for the people uh, proclaimed on real conservative uh, uh, radio shows, on liberal aspects of um, the political spectrum in school children. I mean, this is just a given, right? Listen to what Quas Primus, Pope Pius XI, says about the notion of a government of, by, and for the people. Quote, with God and Jesus Christ excluded from political life, and with authority derived not from God, but from man. That's what we the people is all about. The result is that human society 
is tottering to its fall because it no longer has a secure and solid foundation. Now, this is, this is incredibly important. And, you know, I am not the first person to recognize this. In fact, I think the first people, as far as a group in the United States to recognize this, were Protestants. Uh, starting in 1874, there was a group called the National Reform Association. And particularly after the tragedy of the Civil War, they recognized that this radical division in our country could not go on. It was uh, it tore our country apart. It was just beyond description, being a horrible conflict of slaughtering each other as countrymen. And, you know, a country divided itself, according to Jesus, cannot stand. And they sought for that point of unity to hold our country together. And so what they did in 1874 is that they proposed an amendment or amendment to the Constitution to have this following preamble, quote, we the people of the United States, humbly acknowledging Almighty God as the source of all authority and power in civil government, the Lord Jesus Christ as the ruler among the nations, his revealed will as the supreme law of the land, in order to constitute a Christian government and in order to form a more perfect union. And that would be the preamble. That was proposed in 1874, and believe it or not, even Abraham Lincoln was given a copy of that and thought it was, you know, worthwhile uh, idea. It was proposed again in 1896. It was proposed again in 1910. It was proposed again in 1954. And I believe the last time it was proposed was in 1962 after the U.S. Supreme Court declared prayer in school an unconstitutional act. Now, I think that is something greatly needed in our country. And in fact, uh, before I became a Catholic, I was really just struggling. I was in pro-life politics and trying to figure out how in the world can, can we be legally killing babies and such like this. I just, you know, what can we do uh, to heal the division over abortion? This just can't go on like this. And I was in favor of the work of the National Reform Association. I wrote them, got a lot of their literature, which nobody was reading anymore. But as a Catholic, and I don't want to pour water on this, it's a good idea. It definitely goes in the right direction, but it needs an additional step, and I'll explain. One big problem with the constitutional amendment is that if you have Christianity outside of Catholicism, then you are hopelessly divided. It's the one mark of Christianity outside of Catholicism is division, and I know this firsthand, having been a Protestant minister, having been through church splits and everything else. Uh, Protestantism is inclined to many splits and all different kind of viewpoints. Uh, I've mentioned before in the broadcast, I was in Tallahassee, a very wise, clever, crafty state senator gathered 
uh, clergy from all over Florida to decide on pro-life or pro-abortion. And it was right down the middle. You would have a pro-life Christian minister speak, and then you'd have a pro-abortion minister speak. Pro-life minister speak, pro-abortion minister speak. House divided against itself cannot stand. So the senator said, well, obviously there's no ethical position on this. Both sides believe they're right. There's no consensus. And so they went ahead and enacted pro-abortion legislation. Uh, we, we, we have to have some type of unity, and that unity, if it's outside of the Catholic Church, is almost impossible to have. Now, I realize that finding unity in the Catholic faith, the idea of a Catholic United States, is more or less beyond our faith. But let's just be honest about it. It's beyond our faith. And maybe our faith is exercised as thinking, well, if we can manipulate and control and have a majority in the ballot box, we can control culture and we can have a Christian culture. But if you start with politics to try to make a Christian culture, you will fail. It is impossible to do because culture grows out of cult, a religious faith. I'm going to read you a portion of a letter by a man who was the creator, the ultimate originator of the moral majority. Those of you who are around in the 70s would say, oh, well, you're, you're talking about uh, – Pastor Jerry Falwell, Lynchburg, Virginia. No, I'm talking about the brain, so to speak, the strategist behind the moral majority. It was a Catholic man by the name of Paul Weyrich. And he wrote in 1999 a letter to the conservative movement. And he, in many ways, was the um, originator of so many of the strategies for the Republican Party, for pro-life legislation. I personally attended a workshop that he graciously gave himself to, to, uh, you know, how do you form pro-life organizations? How do you incorporate? What type of incorporation? Here's how you raise money. Here's what you do and all this type of thing. But his is, this is what he wrote in 99, and he's way ahead of his time. He goes, our premise has been if we could just elect enough conservatives, we could get our people in as congressional leaders, and they would fight to implement our agenda. Well, we got our people elected, but that did not result in the adoption of our agenda. Politics has failed because of the collapse of the culture. The culture we are living in becomes an ever wider sewer. In truth, I think we are caught up in a cultural collapse of historic proportions, a collapse so great that it simply overwhelms politics. That's why I'm in the process of rethinking what it is that we, who still believe in our traditional Western Judeo-Christian culture, can and should do under the circumstances. The United States is very close to becoming a state totally dominated by an alien ideology, an ideology bitterly hostile to Western culture. I believe that we have probably lost 
the cultural war. I'm very concerned as I go around the country and speak and talk to young people when I find out how much of the decadent culture they have absorbed without even understanding that they are part of it. Don't be misled by politicians who say that everything is great and we are on the verge of this wonderful new era. They are lies. We are not in the dawn of a new civilization, but the twilight of an old one. Sincerely, Paul M. Weirich. Now, you say, this is impossible to do. Well, I would fully agree. This is impossible to do as far as if it's through your ingenuity and mine or somehow get out the vote campaign. And don't get me wrong, politics are necessary. I began this broadcast with that. It's to keep us from going off the cliff until we can have a renewal, a Catholic renewal of America so we're not divided. It's been a weakness from our very beginning. Now you say, well, that'll, that'll never happen. Well, think of the first Roman Catholics living in a pagan empire, babies literally dumped in the garbage dump, paganism rampant, a multitude of false gods and everything else, and then radical persecutions, and then lo and behold, Catholicism transformed an empire into what we call Christendom. It did happen. Now, can it or will it happen here? I don't know. But I do know if we're trying to change culture, a failed culture, through politics, we will never achieve our goals. But if we renew the Catholic Church, and that's the first thing, we renew ourselves, we renew ourselves as both leaders and laity, and then we renew a desperately needed America and the reestablishment of the Catholic Church in America. And I'm talking about the one founded on September 8th, 1565. We are in a very desperate situation in a sense that uh, we're either losing, depending on your view, or have lost our culture. And so we're in a quest to find that Christian America, and how do we find it? We find it by getting the right cult, the right religious foundation, and from that will arise a unified culture. Does that mean we never have political arguments and such? No, it doesn't mean that. But it doesn't mean we have civil wars, and it doesn't mean we have such radically hostile, divided country so that we can stand. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to a special Thanksgiving episode of Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org.